Welcome to Albuquerque Real Estate Talk with Tico and Tracy Venturi, the Venturi Group of Real Broker in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Tracy, episode 466, about 10 years, been talking about real estate in Albuquerque and around the country, residential real estate in particular. Love bringing this information out every week and, and what we see in the real estate market because I know everybody, you know, I think, I, I hope everybody wants to keep up with what's going on in the real estate world. Totally. And you know, Tigo, we say that almost 10 years um, bringing them real estate. Well, actually 21 years bringing them real estate and for me and 18 years yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, but doing a radio show and YouTube and podcasts and things for about 10 years. Yep. Yep. A lot of content. Yeah. So, um, Tracy, all right, let's, let's get into it. Uh, October home sales data. We're, we were going to look at that. Um, I've got a survey on why people aren't moving as much. Cause that's one of the stories out there right now is people aren't moving. If you have a short-term rental, like an Airbnb, if you're an investor or thinking of investing in a short-term rental, you want to learn there's some changes coming on in the uh, the way those taxes are being assessed. Could be changes. Could be changes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, big news of the week was a big lawsuit um, that came out re related to the real estate industry and realtors in particular. And we'll talk about that. Um, Tracy, you had a thing on multi-generational housing and, and how important that is for folks. So, And anyway, the voucher and, program. And yes, uh, also known as Section 8 program, but we're going to talk about that that program and, and how it benefits. Um, both land, actually, I really do think it's a benefit for both landlords, people renting properties, as well as people looking or that are in a lower income bracket and can get some support on their housing. So... So it's wow. November, and rather than jumping right into the October stats, Tio, let's talk about it. It was a fun week because something fairly monumental happened this week, unrelated to real estate. Well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, to me, the most important story of the week, which was the new Beatles song came out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. Hey, we're of that generation. Come on. You know, we grew up listening to that. And well, I'm, I'm actually a little bit even a little, uh, little young. young for that. But uh, yeah, they started in the 50s, right? Uh, no, 60, early 60s. Early 60s. Yeah. Can you imagine that that like Paul is still out there touring and, and making music, singing music at whatever his 80 year old yeah. ish age? Yeah. Yeah. And sounds great. We saw him a few years ago. It was an amazing concert, right? Well, we saw Ringo in Phoenix here just a few just months a few ago months with ago. his uh, all-star band, which was just amazing. So I know this is a real estate show, but we're talking about the Beatles. But anyway, for, well, us, for us, it was a big deal. Things and, that make yeah. things interesting in yeah. life, right? But yeah. yeah, he's 81 years old, um, but been going a long time. But it's also November. Like there's a lot of no going on right now. People are uh, saying November instead of just no shave November. It's also say no to things November. It's the time to evaluate things, right? With that you might say no to. And so Tigo, for you, that's say no to the next committee that they ask you to be on. That would be my recommendation for you. You know what's really funny about that? I just volunteered to chair a committee at the Realtor Association that has to do some some work. Oh, by the way, I just yeah. I, uh, I'm <laughs> just, a little bit late Just before we got on here. I sent off an email volunteering, raising my hand to do something. So again, again, again. yeah, well, uh, it's a little late for that advice then. Well, you know, it's that whole thing, you know, if you, if you, if you don't step up and volunteer and, and help out and help with, you know, big decisions, you know, you, you I was going to say, you can't complain. You definitely can complain. There's, there's definitely that. Um, but anyway, 
uh, ha- happy to be supporting the the real estate world, and obviously, uh, housing is a big deal. So, I take it very seriously. So, Tracy, nineteen sixty three. I just looked. Yeah. Okay. Beatles. There you go. Anyway. Okay. okay so October. October, October. twenty twenty three home sales you data some, in Albuquerque. Some average and median home yeah, prices and I, I do. So if we look at um, let, let's start there. Yeah. So so median price. And we're talking about single family detached resale homes. So in the metro area? In the metro, entire metro Albuquerque area. So we're looking at median price is now 360, uh, no, excuse me, that's new construction, 340,000 basically. We were about 360 here a few months ago uh, for, for closed sales, but right now we're at about 340. So there has been a pullback in the median price. Median price also is about 5% higher than a year ago. So uh, as we normally do see every year, we get these peaks in June, July, August, let's say, and then home prices kind of you know slow down a little bit going into late summer and of course this time of year in the fall. Um, price per square foot, which is a better measure of actual percentage appreciation, price per square foot is now $202 per square foot, 202. And that's about a 7% increase from a year ago. So we're still seeing year-over-year price appreciation, um, which which is interesting because we did have a pretty big pullback in home prices from June last year through January or through December. And then, you know, again, all from from January all the way up until just, you know, a month or so ago, home prices uh, pushed up quite a bit. But again, we were at a 7% year-over-year price appreciation. The, The other big story when we look at the housing data is the number of sales and the number of sales um, that, that actually closed, we call, you know, we say closed sales. Oh, we got, you, you got your dog in here. He's, he's some, somebody's at the uh, the front door. He's got to go see at, yep. our, at our office. Um, so Tracy, the, the number of closed sales, that's the number of, of units that actually exchanged. Um, there were 615 uh, single-family detached homes. There's there's clearly more than that if you include the attached and all the new construction. In fact, here, I'll give you that data. I've got it right here. So all home sales in the Albuquerque area, October 786. And that is a 10% decrease from the number last year, which was pretty low. Last year, October, it was 31% lower than they- October of 21. So no doubt the number of homes selling has slowed down. And a lot of that has to do with the the fact that there's just not as many homes in the market. And of course, affordability has really put the hurt on a lot of people with these high uh, mortgage interest rates. Yeah. Wow. Uh, are you done talking stats? No, I wanted, I, I thought you were going to say something talk or about ask a, a house. Question. I was going to talk about a house we have listed for sale. Okay. You said the average price per square foot is 202. Right. $202 per square foot. We have a really great house listed for sale in Cabazon in Rio Rancho. So it's a completely different topic than where you were. But I was looking at it thinking, huh? So it's below the average. It's a brick house in um, Rio oh, now Rancho. I'm have that song going through my head. It's for I Love, Love Me Do. No, Brick House. Oh, Brick House. I'm still thinking about the Beatles' first song, which was really 1962 in October. So 
so this house, brick house in Cabazon, it's in the gated neighborhood within Cabazon, which is at the very south end of Rio Rancho. It's a master planned community and it has, you know, different neighborhoods within Cabazon. Yeah. It's got walking trails and parks. It has, Rio Rancho has one of its um, swimming pools in yep. Cabazon Park or the park in Cabazon. Um, anyway, 2623 Camino Cordoba, Southeast, Rio Rancho, 495000 and they're offering 1% to buyer's closing costs. So somebody could use that as a rate buy down. 2623 Camino Cordoba, it's 2,760 square feet, and it's effectively a five-bedroom home. Um, there's, It's like a four plus a hobby room, but the hobby room is right next to a full bathroom, so it can be a bedroom. Um, that's on the main floor, one bedroom and a full bath on the main floor, plus the hobby room large master upstairs with two walk-in closets, you know, the en-suites, lovely, um, and two more bedrooms upstairs, huge yard. It's one of the biggest lots in that neighborhood at about a third of an acre. Um, lots of area for play, gardening, or whatever you might need. But that one is available for only uh, 100 and high 170s per eight per square foot yep. so well below that's why you were wondering about the 202 that's why I it took it. me okay. a long time to get there below the average it's yeah it's uh, i haven't done the math but it's under 180 a square foot so significantly below Got for it. a beautiful brick home in a gated neighborhood in cabazon so if you're interested in that best way to reach us 448-8888 that's 505 of course in the 505 as eddie would say yep 505-448-8888, and we'd be happy to get you in that house or any others to take a look. Okay, back to October stats. No, I want to I go back to something you said, which I think is important. You said that the, the seller on this property is offering 1% toward buyer's closing costs, which could include mortgage rate buy-down. Mortgage rate buy-down in 2020, 2021, 2022 wasn't really a thing because we were, you know, four, three, four percent mortgages. But now with seven and a half, eight percent mortgages, that buy-down can make a big difference. And I know we were talking to um, Sarah Gemeyer Mays with One Trust Home Loans. Yeah, here, yep, here, look, one of the. She great, was at our team meeting this week. Great local lenders for our Halloween party. Mm -hmm. And a one percent of the loan price will reduce your mortgage, your, your interest by anywhere from a quarter to a half. So sometimes it makes more sense to, to instead of put that money as a down payment on the house, actually buy that rate down if you're really concerned about the actual monthly payment. So the best thing to do is, you know, work with your lender to, to calculate those numbers. Well, the other thing is to work with your realtor and your lender together and figure out what makes more sense, because sometimes we're so fixated on getting $5,000 off the price of the home, where maybe we should be asking for $5,000 towards closing costs or 10,000 towards closing costs instead of a price reduction on the the list price of the house because that money will make a much bigger impact towards a rate buy down on a monthly payment than that five or ten thousand dollars in the price of the home your monthly payment's going to be a lot better if you get a better interest rate yeah anyway so no no i think i think it's good and speaking of interest rates that's another one of the big stories this week is that we have seen a little bit of a slight pullback in in mortgage interest rates this week and there's a lot of reasons behind that, but you know the the Fed kind of looks like they're maybe not going to do much on on interest rates. Um, there was actually bad 
uh, labor market data, which actually helps the bond market, which the bond market in in the 10-year uh, treasury in particular um, have a lot to do with what mortgage rates are. So we have seen a little bit of pullback in mortgage rates in the in the last week. We did we did get up over eight percent there uh, for a while for a well qualified person, um, and now it's back down a, a little bit seven and a half seven and three quarters for again it's for a well 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 qualified person twenty percent down you know gold, golden uh, credit all that good stuff so. Um, most people are probably, you know, paying a little bit more than that, but that's, that's where we're at on that. So that, that's good news. Um, all right, Tracy, the other big news, at least in the real estate world this week was there was a, a court case in Missouri where the national association of realtors and a couple big brokerage were uh, sued for basically antitrust colluding and, and, you know, uh, keeping um, overcharging on commissions basically is is what the charge is. It was found guilty. It was a huge a huge uh, amount that was uh, granted to the plaintiffs as a class action lawsuit. Um, lots to come on that, and and I don't even really want to get in the weeds on it because there's so much to that story, and everybody in the real estate world is is really familiar with it. Um, and you know, the main thing is the people in the real estate world are like, okay, lawyers, they're fighting it out. We're just going to keep serving our clients and taking care of our clients and, and, and do the best we can for them. So yeah, it, and it's, it's a little it's going to be going sure. on for years. It and, it, and I know someone asked you, Tigo, if you would do a video to explain it. And, and I think your point was there's there's a lot to explain and it's your perception versus there's a lot of people who sent out videos on it so and it's different for new mexico versus other places it, it, it is and that's that's another really good point because it is the way we do things are, are different than other states um we yeah. generally don't do um it, we generally don't do uh, agent, right? Agency, as we call it, right? We use the term agent to, you know, for, for real estate professionals, but that's just a generic term. But agency is a very specific uh, representation, which for the most part isn't done in New Mexico. Right. Um, I, just one last thing on this. The, the one thing I'm a, I'm a little concerned about is that buyer representation could get hurt because right now, if a real estate professional, you know, lists a home for sale, they're representing the seller. The buyers generally have a different real estate professional helping them, again, being their, their you know, support <laughs> and their person helping them through the their transaction. Uh, yeah, on the, on the buy side. Um, and so if, if that whole buyer agency relationship goes away, it could be buyers are more on their own. I, nobody really knows how this is going to shake out. And that's why there's, it's, it's too early to really um, read too much into it until we know exactly uh, what, what the settlement is. And of course there's, like you said, it's going to go on for years. And, yeah. 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 I, I, people probably saw the headlines. That's why I just wanted to at least address it because now, it, you know, the, the story is out there. Let's talk about something more fun. Okay. The benefits of buying a multi-generational home. Love it. So, you know, a few years ago, a lot of our local builders, Abrazo, Twilight, Pulte, D.R. Horton, Amherston, um, 
Well, you know, Westway. Well, I think I think the thing is, I mean, Fellowship, you know, does semi-custom. The thing is, there there is a demand for that product. I mean, at a home with that works for. Well, what's the definition of multi-generational? Well, multi-generational. So, um, it's it's a home that has two or more adult generations living together. So it could be siblings, parents, grandparents, could be aunts, uncles, and other relatives, right? Mm -hmm. But it's basically multi-generational. It doesn't necessarily have to be people that um, are related to be multi-generational. If they're the same age, does that work? Well, it could definitely be siblings, which is what I already mentioned, Tigo. What if they're both Gen Xers? Okay, stop. So if you're ready to buy a home, you're having a hard time affording it on your own, or you might have age, aging loved ones or people with special needs to care for, you might want to consider multi-generational homes. And, you know, we have some builders that do have floor plans that are very multi-generational. A few years ago, it was really hard to find. Somebody would call and say, I need, we need to move in together. A lot of times we would find a resale home and they would figure out how to modify it to make it work or the two living areas were, were, were at opposite ends of the house or they had a separate entrance somewhere that they could somehow fashion into some private space so they weren't always on top of each other. But some of the multi-gen floor plans we've seen in the last five years are really great where they even have maybe a kitchenette in one wing of the house and a separate living area so that people don't have to quite be on top of each other. Um, I've seen some great floor plans. We've we've seen resale on them. But some of the beauty of um, multi-gen is maybe you don't need it today, but that floor plan could be really desirable if you need to sell the house in the future. So even if the house isn't something you need, but it's the right house in the right neighborhood, but it's multi-gen setup, you still might want to buy that house because it works for you now and you never know what your needs might become. And well, we, we have a personal story around that where we have, you know, elderly parents that, um, are going to need a place to stay, you know, and, and so we're in a situation where we can do that because we do have an ADU as they call them or casita. Right. Um, that, that's just a personal story, but I want to get back. Wait, so go, go ahead. So, but our casita just to point out is legal. Oh, no, no, I understand. It, it, it is, it is. <laughs> it I mean, is. it's just, yeah. It's, it's per this, the code when we built the house. Yeah, so, it doesn't have a full kitchen or anything like right. that. Yeah. So choosing multi-gen living allows people to purchase a home sometimes much larger than they could afford on their own because sometimes you're actually combining incomes in addition to joining together on a house. And sometimes that allows you to buy a house that better fits both of your needs. It's maybe a little bit more, but not like double, like buying two houses. So you can get the leverage of combining income credit and down payment of those that will be occupying the homes. So it, it can be really helpful um, for being kind of, able to afford the house that it, you need. It's kind of like the duplex of 2020s. You know, it, you know, the duplexes haven't been built in a long time. There's just not a lot of them, at least in Albuquerque. Um, but it, of course, the city of Albuquerque just recently uh, changed the zoning ordinance where you can build an ADU or accessory dwelling unit or what we call casitas in right. New Mexico, where you can have a separate residence on your property if it's zoned R1. And that was a change to the the city uh, zoning rules. Uh, of course, there's a bunch of, you know, there's restrictions and there's certain things you have to do and it, you know, but, but that is something people can do on their existing home as well is add that, that casita or um, in-law suite. Yeah. And so there's a few other just, you know, built in benefits of multi-generational living. 
So mm -hmm. true multi-generational versus siblings, I guess, unless it's, it could be special needs, but you know, you, you could have built-in babysitters, which would have been lovely when our kids were little. Yeah, I, nice. I wish we would have had built-in babysitters right now. I wish I had a built-in dog sitter. Um, but you know, um, but sometimes it's a lot easier to take care of loved ones when you have a multi-generational and you don't have to have a separate place to put, you know, somebody sure, that needs sure. extra help. But sometimes um, more quality time together. Hopefully you like those people that you're going to live with and you get to spend more time together, which, you know, I, I think is a great thing. But anyway, popular and and really good for some people. Yeah, no, that it is. Um, all right, Tracy. Another big kind of, I don't say big, but story that hit uh, uh, New Mexico has to do with uh, short-term rentals, Airbnb type properties. You know, somebody that has a property and they've, you know, they're not living in it. And instead of just renting it as a long-term rental, they're doing short-term rental, which generally means a month or less is, is what you see. And these are properties that are generally advertised on uh, sites like Airbnb or Verbo or one of those type vacation rental by owner. Um the, the, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm really sorry we haven't talked to Damian Lara, the Bernalillo County Assessor, prior to this story, so we could get his take on it. But yeah, well, we'll, I saw, we'll do that. Yeah, I saw an interview with him. Um, so, so what's happened is these properties are residential properties for the most part. Residential properties um, in New Mexico being used for residences are have a three percent cap that the assessed value can increase per year. Did I say that right? For the I property think. tax. For the property the tax. The value of the property yeah. can only be increased 3% a year unless it's upon sale. Yes, and I'm sorry, yes, we're talking about property taxes. So, you know, every property gets an assessed value and that is what you, uh, the, the percentage of whatever that is, is what you pay in property taxes. Well, in New Mexico, the state is uh, starting to go to the different counties and say, no, you need to assess these properties as commercial properties, commercial use. Commercial use properties do not have the exemption of the 3% or th they would be exempt from that. So meaning they can get reassessed every year or whatever the real market value is. So, you know, you think about 2021 when home prices went up 17% in one year, um, they could only get assessed an additional 3%, not the full 17%, for example. Um, and this is all just kind of coming down and from the state and being proposed. Right. And it would be county by county, would it, you think? Well, or is it a state? My understanding that Lincoln County is already doing it and Santa Fe County is... Looking in at the, it. No, they're already, they're, they're just starting to, to... Roll it out. To, to roll it up. And then in Bernalillo County with, with uh, uh, Damian Lara, he's trying to figure out how to manage it and how to figure out what properties would would fall under this. So the other thing is the the mill rate for commercial is higher than the mill rate for residential as well. So so basically the short of it is if you have an Airbnb, a VRBO, short-term rental, just prepare that that you might be getting hit with uh, higher taxes in the next year or higher so. Higher property taxes. Yeah, higher property taxes. So, so it, it, it's it's an interesting story that that I'm following. We'll we'll see where that goes. So this isn't on the agenda, but you mentioned Lincoln County. Yeah, I don't know if you remember visiting Lincoln of County, course. but what a great place for a, a weekend here. Go down to Rodoso, stop in Lincoln, and see where Billy the Kid was, and yep. the courthouse, and the old general store. 
I mean, it's supposed to be beautiful weather for the next five or six days. Get out and enjoy our great state, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so much locally, right? There's yeah. growers markets all weekend. And anyway, it's great. Yeah. I was nostalgic on our visit to Lincoln County. Um, Tracy, I had the opportunity, changing subject. Uh, Good idea. To be at a, an event with the Apartment Association of New Mexico. They brought in, um, oh gosh, what is her name? Uh, she runs the Albuquerque Housing Authority. Thea. Yeah, Thea. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Thea. I, I, I had your card and I just, I lost it. Um, Albuquerque Housing Authority. What they are, they manage the, what they call the voucher program, also known as Section 8 program, but officially called the Housing Choice Voucher which is uh, funds, uh, they're federal funds that are given out to different municipalities all over the country. And they, um, oh, you found our card? No, it's the wrong card. Okay, wrong one. Um, anyway, so so uh, Albuquerque Housing Authority, I just want to give you some of the numbers on this. And, and what they do, Tracy, is they they help people with housing. They're not they're not uh, like case managers or anything like that. They just basically help people that are in a lower income bracket um, support their housing cost. Thea Guerin. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Thea, Thea Guerin. Um, and and, and it's, a, it's a good program. It's a needed program. We know that the housing uh, costs in uh, really New Mexico and the entire country uh, challenging for a lot of people. So it's it's a good program, but let me give you some of these numbers. This is just Albuquerque Housing Authority. They have 4,500 to 5,000 households that they, they support. They have... To um, support means they pay their rent either, or a portion. Either all or portion, correct. And it's not just, there's also uh, Bernalillo County has their own program. That's about 2,000 homes that they support. Um, and then there's also, there, there's another one, City of Albuquerque, that's a little bit different. But anyway, there's, a, there's you know, a lot of these different programs out here. But just this one, which is the biggest one, um, they get about 4,500 applicants per year for this program. Out of those 45, they narrow it down to 1,000, and they have to put them on a wait list. And out of that, they can really only place about 100 people per year. They don't have a lot of turnover of, you know, the 45 or 5,000 that are placed right now. So they get, they get a little bit of turnover, but generally people are, are there for a long time. So let me understand. So you said of the thousand people that are put on the wait list, about a hundred actually get housing support. Correct. Is that because of funding or is that because of housing availability? It's availability. Yeah. So there just aren't enough homes yeah. available for the program. Right now, that's the problem. In the past, it it it's funding, right? They, you know, it's always something. It's this balance, right? It's always something, and and she does a, a, amazing work there. But but it's it's a big need, and they they support a lot of people on this program. Um, but the thing they don't have is enough properties right now. There aren't enough properties to go around for all the people that need it. And I would just say, if you are a landlord, you I'm sure you're familiar with the program. But you might want to look into it because it does, it is guaranteed rent. You know, you still can qualify the person. You can't use the source of income as a qualification. As a you, reason to disqualify. Yeah, them. you can't disqualify somebody if they're paying, you know, on a voucher program. But, you know, you can use 
any of the other normal reasons to disqualify something as long as it's not discriminatory, right? Discriminatory. Discriminatory. Yes, well, we you. have uh, one of our rental houses has somebody in it that's on a voucher program and it's been great, right? Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, paid, always paid on time, always paid. And uh, yeah, she's been, a, she's been a great tenant. Yeah. Um, and just to wrap up today, Tracy, you know, we did talk earlier about how uh, people just aren't moving as often. They're not selling their homes as often, right? And they're staying in their homes longer. And there was a survey done and shoot, I don't know who did it. I don't have it in front of me. Sorry, I can't point out who it was, but I've got the survey. Um, the reason uh, people are staying in their home longer, first and foremost, about 20% say that it's because they have a lower lower cost of housing right now, meaning they have a lower, lower mortgage rate and they're not real excited about losing that four or three or 4% mortgage and moving into a, a higher cost mortgage. So that's, that's a, the number one reason, but it's only about 20% that say that's the number one reason. Um, the number two reason people are staying is they just like their location, right? And um, the number three is the, their housing or their job and their family there. Number four is home prices are too high for them to buy a new home. I think that goes back into the whole idea of mortgage rates, right? I mean, mortgage rates and, and cost of housing, they right. kind of, they're about the same. Sort so of if a you double put, whammy right yeah, now. If you, if you put two, both of those together, you're talking more like 35% or about a third of the people are staying put because of just housing costs, right? interest, and, and so on. So it, it's something that, that we're watching in the real estate world and just and, and see how that um, uh, shakes out here over the next year or two, I think it's going to take. We know there's buyer demand out there, right? Yeah, we do. We it, know the buyer, buyers are find, trying to find the right house. It's just of the ones on the market, there's not maybe exactly what they want or they get beat out or whatever. Or, or they're they're priced out as well. I think there's a lot of people that would be buyers right now if mortgage rates are a little bit lower and the uh, payments were a little bit whole, whole lower. So I know right. I, I, I do believe there are people that are just kind of priced out right now. Yeah, you know we do have a new property on the market. I know we're running long here, uh, several of them actually. So if you want to uh, reach out to us and find out what's coming soon, what's what's out there, we're at four four eight eighty eight eighty eight. And we'd be happy to chat with you about it and help you find the right property for you or help you sell a house if that's what you're needing to do too.